the Doctor and Perry arrive on the planet Necros to visit a facility called Tranquil Repose, where the Doctor wishes to pay his last respects to an old friend. But it turns out this is just a ruse to lure him into a trap by the great healer, who turns out to be Davros, who has been using organic material to create a whole new army of Daleks to conquer the universe. Can the Doctor stop him before it is too late? This is Revelation of the Daleks. Welcome to Regenerated. Time Lord? Where's Perry? Safe. For the time being. I must say I'm surprised to see you. The last time we met, your ship blew up. I thought with you on board. Not when there is an escape pod to be had. Or it seems a lift by a transporter to this place. Ah! There I was, fortunate. Oh, I like the statue, by the way. Very good likeness. Though really, you shouldn't have bothered. As with the news of Stengos' death, it was all part of my scheme to lure you here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Regenerated. My name is Matt, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful wife, Becky. All right. And this week, we've got season 22's last serial. This is Revelation of the Daleks. Uh, before we go into that, um, it was the 60th anniversary first special, The Star Beast, it was called. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it because obviously for the purpose of the, the podcast we will review it when we get to it but we might as well talk a little bit about it while we're sort of now in the present. So the Star Beast, Becky, what did you think of the Star Beast? Well, I didn't like it when they regenerated David Tennant anyway so, mm. you know, for me it was like the best option to have back because, well... It's easier, basically, to have one of your favourite ones back than ones than one of the ones you don't like. Mm, yes, yeah. I thought, to be fair, I I thought it was okay. I didn't. It didn't knock my socks off. To be fair, um, I enjoyed it. I actually yeah, liked it. I thought it was okay, but obviously there is a grander picture. I, I'm Although guessing the meep was seriously giving me Gremlins vibes. Yeah, well, the meep comes from um, comic books, the, the Doctor Who comic books. So. That's where it actually comes yeah, from. Yeah, I'm well aware, but it's, it gives me a very, like, gizmo to gremlin vibes. Yeah, well, that's a spoiler. Spoiler for people who haven't watched it, but yeah, it was all right, so we'll have to see. We'll do, like, a little mini review, I think, every time. The next one is called, uh, the, I think it's called, like, the wild, the wild Blue Yonder, I think, or something it's called. Mm. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, I do, I do think that the when we get onto the review, which it was some way into the future, but when we get onto it, I will make my thoughts more clearer, but I do think that the Dr. Donna thing is a little bit of a cop out. And that's all I'll say. That's, it was a bit obvious. Um, anyway, well, so I don't think so. To be fair, 
at the end of the day, let's just using basic biology to actually mm. rule it out of because there's no way, you know, the whole thing was, you know, he had to erase a memory or she was gonna die and the fact is, you know, the fact I have her back, there was no way she was just gonna figure it out and then, you know, yeah. and peg it. Yeah, I know. You know, you ain't gonna have that. But we'll see. Because the there'd have been so many complaints. To me, at the minute, it doesn't scream 60th anniversary. That's all that I think. It's just like a special. There's no, like, you know, like we've seen before with the three doctors, you know, you had the three return. Yeah. You had the, the five doctors. But this is a three parter. Yeah. And at the minute, all that has come back is David Tennant, who we all know was a fan favorite doctor anyway. And I'm Massive. guessing that the. Massively. The, the, the David Tennant. And to Tennant, be fair. You know, yeah, I liked Rose Tyler as a companion with David Tennant, but Martha Jones just really didn't do it for me. Um, yeah, exactly, I'm, you I'm know, saying that Catherine Tate's probably the most popular companion I do, I do like Dave Tennant's era. Well, yeah, because she puts him in his place, I think, quite a lot, and she basically won't take none of this, you know... Um, well, I'm smarter than you, you know, or anything like that, or that, you know, just sort of sit down and shut up sort of thing. Mm. She won't take none of that. And that's kind of, you know, she's quite a strong female presence. And look, it's like, well, either one, you told me what's going on and I can help you, or tough shit, you're on your own. Yeah. You know, so, which, like I said, very strong um, female perspective in it. And... You know, which is why I think a lot of people actually yeah. like Donna Noble anyway. And I, you know, I'll reserve my judgment to the And the, the fact, very... I, I find it quite funny, so... Yeah, I'll reserve my jub- judgment of the 60th anniversary towards the end, to be honest, because it is only the first episode. To be honest, you know, I, I know there's like there was a lot of controversy with the whole Catherine Tate show and things like that, which, you know, I've never really seen. But to be fair, you know... There are things I do find funny, though. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things. Yeah. So, anyway, like I say, that's only the first part of three. She kind of so reminds me of the younger few... Jennifer Saunders, in a way. Yeah, there may be a few, like, little Easter eggs that are coming in or other Doctors that appear towards mm. the end of the actual serials, uh, or the specials. Anyway, next thing I wanted to talk about, because it's very relevant to this serial that we're watching, uh, The Revelation of the Daleks, is uh, there was a few weeks ago they had uh, in the I don't know if it's a worldwide thing, but in Britain we have a thing called Children in Need, and they do like sort of sketches and specials and stuff like that to basically you know as a, as a night of programming, um, and people donate money you know for for charity and stuff like that. And on that they had a Doctor Who special. It was um, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be tongue in cheek because the main sort of thread of sort of Children in Need is that they do do these sort of skit things, these sort of funny specials. And there was a little bit of funniness with it. And it obviously it featured David Tennant's Doctor. And it, I don't know, I don't think you saw it. No, I didn't, um, because you watched it while I was half asleep. Well, I was literally going to sleep. So, But I can explain what it was. Or I hadn't woke up yet and I was still asleep in the morning. All I heard you basically bitching about was of Davros being... Without his Dalek bottom. Well, that's it. I think this is like based just before Genesis of the Daleks. Uh, and we have Davros and sort of a minion, shall we say, talking about their Dalek uh, machine, 
where they're trying to come up with like an idea. He's got this like sort of new look claw. I think it's a claw gun thing, whatever it is. And mm. in the very end, the Doctor turns up and ends up giving it the plunger. That's how the plunger is on the Doctor. But yeah, the big talking point is that Davros was actually out of his chair. He didn't look like Davros that we know with the one eyeball and the two sort of blind, blind eyes. I don't know if they... I'm guessing they're blind eyes, aren't they? Well, he's yeah. He's got two sockets, but there's no eyes. So. Yeah. Anyway, he's not in the chair. He's not got. He's got full mobility of both arms, you know, and it's a completely different uh, Davros. Now, it is a bit controversial. And because, I'm guessing it was walking. Yeah, and it's a bit controversial because a lot of people have sort of jumped well, to Well, I conclusion. always thought, I always thought that, to be honest, Davros was always that way and it's, and basically was sort of mutated mm. and that that's the how he came to end up looking the way he does. Well, so that is we'd never really get a backstory as no. to how to Davros is created and I can understand it. But the controversy is that people are saying um that uh That's the thing. It's Russell like he's T. always Davis. he's always saying about his creation, the Daleks, but to be fair from that little thing, you got one arm that's pretty much, you know, a bit dodgy, and you got another arm that's just good at flicking switches. Yeah. So how the hell are you creating Daleks in but English? You get you, you know, sort of using some sort of trance thing or whatever to make other people do your dirty work for you. Well, people are saying that Russell T. Davis is uh, basically changing the look of Davros. So that basically it doesn't offend people in wheelchairs. That's that's what people are saying. Now it is a controversial. People subject. have been in wheelchairs way before um, Davros came about, and to be honest, that's not a wheelchair. It's just the way it's I see it. Half a Dalek. That's half a Dalek. Yeah, he's supposed to. That's, that's always the way it's been because he looks mutated to the point where he's specifically half Dalek. The the thing is, we never see if Davros has got legs or not. Well, that's the thing. So I wouldn't say that that's basically someone in a wheelchair. At the end of the day, what I'd say is that's basically Davros and he's half Dalek. Yeah, he, he might not have no legs at the end of the day. And it might just be like a a motorised unit that he can control. Well, that's you like know? in, like, you know, when um, Darth Maul gets sliced in half. In the Lego one, he comes back with robot legs. Yeah. Is that offensive to androids? So, you know... Is that offensive to our MC3PO? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It is a controversial subject. And until we see doubt, like they've, they've already said that they're going to rest the Daleks for quite a while. because I think what's more overkill. offensive to people in wheelchairs is the fact of people treat them completely differently than what they treat everyone else. Mm. So Because, well, I, you know, I've, I've and then, you know, not just that, I've spoken to several people before about that sort of thing and asked them, you know, what grinds their gears about it and the problem is you know most of the time it's either one they're being treated like invalids mm. or two the fact is they end up so blooming arrogant because of people who've treated them like invalids that they just treat everyone like shit so uh, yeah until until davros comes back and the dialects come back we don't know if this is actually a, a change that's going to stick or it's just basically for the special so we'll just have to wait and see so yeah I, if if they have changed davros completely i do think it's a bit stupid because the whole point of davros is that he's that unique villain sort of half that half well half mutation half Dalek. You know, if you're going to generically put him, you know, out of the chair as a, a normal human now, it just makes yeah, it. But I don't think Davros very... was ever a normal human. 
Well, you know what I mean, humanoid. It, it just then it just takes away from that character. So we'll have to wait and see what happens in the future. But yeah, it is a bit of a uh, a topic of con- controversy at the moment. Anyway, I just don't like it. At the end of the day, if it's not broke, they'll fix it. Yeah, I know. Re- Revelation of the Daleks, the twenty third to the thirtieth of March, eighty five. Still on two forty five minute episodes. I think it's the last time. I'm thinking because in the next season we'll go into twenty minute episodes, but we will get onto that at the end of this. Uh, this uh, episode of the podcast are uh, written by Eric Saywood and he has done the visitation earth shock and the res- uh, resurrection of the Daleks. And it also says a fix with Sultarans, but I don't know really what that one is. Um, is that a novel? It might be a novel. And uh, it was directed by Graham Harper and he's done a couple of things now. He's done an uncredited partial contribution to Warrior's Gate and the Ks of Andrew Zani. And uh, obviously he does a few more bits as well. But yes, so we'll quickly go through a synopsis and then we'll dive into it. So the Doctor and Perry arrive on the planet Necros to visit a facility called Tranquil Repose, where the wealthy can have their bodies cryogenically frozen until medical science can cure them of their ailments. The doctor wishes to pay his last respects to his friend, Professor Arthur Sentgoes, but it turns out this is just a ruse to lure him into a trap. The great healer masterminding the ruse is in fact Davros, who has been using the organic material in cryogenic storage to create a whole new army of Daleks to conquer the universe. So, as always, Becky, revelation of the Daleks. Oh, actually, before I say that question again, uh, in the poll, uh, it comes in at number 70. So it's in the top 100. Uh, Yep. So, revelation of the Daleks, Becky. What did you think? It's all right. It was all right. Um, Now, I have read the, uh, as we do, Mark Campbell's episode guide, Verdict. I always do it before we do the podcast. And there is a little bit in that which I will uh, agree with him now before we go into it. And he says uh, that it's very void of plot. And I kind of Mm. agree. What is the plot? What's the plot, Becky, of Revelation of the Daleks? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. And I do think there also was um, a few little like continuity errors I don't really call them continuity errors but there were a few little bits that you were like "Mm, that's a bit sloppy which you know I'll get to anyway so yes I thought it was yeah I thought it was an okay story it's um, it's not the it's not the worst Dalek story Um, can anyone remember the chase Uh, but it's not the best Dalek story it's not the chase was crud yes it was William Hartnell's errors the chase wasn't that it was a bit draggy, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, anyway. So, if we go through the plot and we dive in and pick out things. So, the TARDIS lands on Necros, the planet housing the funeral home and suspended animation centre Tranquil Repose. The Doctor and Perry have come to visit an ad, uh, admitted acquaintance. So, the planet is a snow planet. It's been a long time since we've been on a kind of snow planet. I think we haven't mm. seen any snow in... Uh, ever since the 60s Doctor Who. I don't think we've seen it since something like the 10th planet or something like that. Um, Real snow by the looks of it as well. So when they filmed this, it must have been during the winter. Like I said, it did did go on in March. So you would think that they did actually film this during the winter. Um, And yeah, it's nice to see a show with real snow because we have seen things in the past where the snow looks a bit rubbish and it doesn't look like real snow at all. So it was mm. nice to actually see that they actually did this in real snow. Um, 
So Perry's look again is quite subdued. It's not the same sort of bikini top and shorts. She's actually in full a, a full costume this time because of I think because of obviously the weather. She can't really go around in a bikini, can she? And when it's winter, uh, but she is in blue uh, because isn't it something to do with its. Um, it's a respect thing on this planet or something. So yep. the doctor has this big like blue cape as well, which is quite uh, for the sixth doctor. I think it's more iconic for him. I think if you think back to it, the sixth doctor, this is what you remember. Um, so anyway, so the doctor materializes the TARDIS uh, some distance away from the facility as to not draw attention. So he and Perry have to walk to the facility, which for three quarters of the first episode, that is kind of what they're doing. And that is what I will say about this. Like I said, the plot is not very fast moving uh, in places. And in other places, it's really quickly moving. Anyway, so mm. on the way, the doctor points out great numbers of flowers similar to the soya bean in food varsity. So as you remember, uh, Perry is a botanist or she's got a, a sort of love for flowers and sort of things. You know, We've had this in several seri the serials now with flowers and Perry and sort of things like that. So the Doctor is attacked by a mutant who Perry accidentally kills whilst trying to save the Doctor. Again, this is one of them violent things. Again, this season has been quite violent. And Perry, again, has got no... I know it's a fight, you know, you got to... If you don't sort of do something, he might kill the Doctor. But she does just strike him with a, a, a wooden log and kill the guy. And... There is a moment where... To me, it looked more metal, but there you go. Yeah, but I think because the setting is trying to... It's supposed to be like a wooden log. But I think, you know, there is a moment where Perry is a bit tearful and she's like, oh, I killed him and all that, and there is a bit of remorse. But if you really did kill someone, you know, and you are like somebody who isn't a cold-blooded killer, I think you'd be a bit more remorseful than really... than the Well, kind no, of... I think that's the fact of basically... She'd lashed out at him, and then obviously he was then basically said he'd forgive her. And yeah, I know. And this is not the first time in Doctor Who that. Uh, well, well, to be fair, was she supposed to sit there for like a couple of hours blaring? Well, they're in time. I know, and it's a fast-paced serial. Yeah, but it is that kind of flippant kind of moving on, and we do have that quite a bit. There's been few deaths in Doctor Who where the companions don't have a time to grieve. And move on, and I think that's just because of the nature of the program. Well, it's Doctor Who, not EastEnders. I know, I know, but you'd think from a context. Although saying that, I should say, people in EastEnders don't grieve, they get revenge. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so before he dies, the mutant tells the Doctor that the great healer used him as a genetic experiment. His appearance and hostility were caused by the experiments. So there is a point where the Doctor tries to hypnotise him, which is kind of a throwback to John Pertwee's Doctor, because he did a lot of like hypnosis and stuff with uh, mm. Agnon or whatever it was called. Uh, with the little spindle thing and the lullaby. So that's kind of like a little throwback. At Tranquil Repose, Repose, a disc jockey plays songs and chats to entertain those in suspended animation and keeps them aware of the current events. Yeah, but so, one, the DJ, Becky. If they're in suspended animation, mm, right? Yeah. We've also read Dwarf. Yeah. You know, he goes in and then basically starts, comes back out saying the same sentence that he went in saying. Yeah, I know. You know, so at the end of the day, how would anyone suspended animation even be able to hear any of the music? Or actually, you know, well, all they, right. They did say something about the that. Brain... They, they pay, don't they? They pay extra for it. Yeah, but I get it. If the brain's still active, you know, then you could probably 
absorb all the information, maybe, but I highly doubt it. Well, there is one good thing I thought did like. I just, I just don't think, regardless, I don't think you'd be able to absorb all that information to your brain if you're basically in suspended animation hmm. or you've been cryogenically frozen because surely your brain's not actually working. Well, they did say, which I thought was a quite good little plot element, was that they sort of upload current events into the brain to keep them updated. So when they do come out, they are up to date on what's happening in the world. I thought that was a quite interesting plot point and very clever as well. But the disc jockey, Becky, what did you think? I thought that this bit, it is uh, Alexi Sale. So he was like a, a big comedian, he still is, he, he, a comedian from the 80s. Probably more famous for the young ones. He was in that quite a bit. Um, and then he obviously he's appeared in this. Uh, There's probably the same He was in the young time. ones. Yeah, he was. He played uh, Mr. Bolosky. Who was like the landlord of the flats that the oh, yeah. that the the students and then every time he'd come in he'd be a different family member and it was like basically they were using kind of bits from his comedy stand up routine I think in that but yeah I, the disc jockey to me the, his character in this doesn't really give anything to the the serial it's just well apart from a using a sort of ray gun to try and yeah, shoot the Daleks it's just a bit strange I just. Yeah. He kind of weirds me out a little bit, especially when he's trying to basically stop Perry from going. It's like, um, creep alert, now, well, you know. Speaking of that sort of thing, there was quite a bit of manhandling of, of Perry in this one. Like, yeah. he actually, like, when, towards the end, he actually, Alexis Sal pushes down on, on Perry's there's another head. person that you basically haven't remembered. What's that? Jobel. Jobel? I ain't got to that yet. Oh, yeah. But he was a little bit creepy as well. So we'll No, I meant the actor. Oh, yes, yeah, so I'll mention that when I get to it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a couple, Natasha and I think it's Grigory, have illegally entered Twinkle Repose, also looking for the scientist the doctor is visiting, um, who basically is her father. They find his assigned suspended animation capsule empty. Shocked, they continue looking and proceed downwards. They find a dark room filled with pulsating brains and other experiments. They walk past a glass Dalek casing with a mutated red creature inside. It opens its eyes, and when Natasha looks at it, the creature opens its mouth and starts basically talking to her. It ends up being her father. So this glass Dalek is actually quite a cool little effect, which I think they didn't really... See through Daleks. Yeah, I didn't think they used it to the full effect. Mm. Um, I can understand why because it's just a casing. They can't really get probably like the motors in it, or you can't get a person in it to move move it if it's see through. But it's a really mm. good effect, and I really quite liked it. Um, so yeah, uh, where were we? So, um, Kara is an executive whose company distributes a protein food supplement throughout the famine this decimated galaxy she's actually been creating the food supplement out of bodies of those at tranquil repose with no intention of ever bringing healing to most of its residents since the famine made it unreasonable to allow more people back into the population so basically the animation is a ruse to basically get food like this food supplement and to turn everyone into cannibals yeah and to basically make a profit now she looked like um, she doesn't look as crazy as Mrs. Lovett, but is it me? You know, she looked very got a bit much of a like, Sweeney Todd thing going on there. I don't know if you can remember back because it is quite a while ago. But Creature from the Pit, uh, Tom Baker, 
she kind of looks a bit like that. I thought she looked like the Sister Zakan type of thing. She, we've seen that mm. look on her before, and it did really strike a chord with me. I thought that looks very similar to the creature from the pit. Anyway, she fell under the authority of the great healer when he took over operations at Tranquil Repose. But who? Yeah, in... but you remember things like that I don't. I know, but who in actuality is Davros now? Apparently reduced to a disembodied head in the tank as a result of being infected by the Movellian virus. So again, there is still a bit of plot with Davros, but we then find out later on that actually the disembodied head is not actually Davros. It's kind of like I say, like uh, just a device to get people there he's basically still yeah. in the chair he still looks like he did um and basically he is leading dialect daleks loyal to him he takes virtually all the money she makes to dissolve this arrangement she hires the mercenary orcini and his grubby squire bostock to assassinate the great healer she gives orcini a orcini tra- orcini is it orcini a transmitter with a five button passcode which must be entered when orcini enters Davros's headquarters. Basically, it's a bomb. Orchini accepts the contract solely for the honour of killing Davros. With Davros eliminated, she believes she will have the power and the capital to control the galaxy. Back in the lab, Natasha and Grigory uh, discover that Arthur Sent goes, who is now just a head with fleshy growths, explains to them what's going on. He says that the brains of everyone in Tranquil Pose are being changed into Dalek mutants. It's a really interesting idea which we've seen since then with the Cybermen. They've kind of nicked that idea, making Cybermen uh, humans into Cybermen. So it's kind of the same type of thing. Um, Yeah, but they also dealt with trying to put human brains into um, trying to mutate them in Starlinks as well. Yeah, so it is kind of like one of them things, isn't it? That's just recycled. He says his mind has been conditioned to serve the Great Healer, but he can't remember who the Great Healer actually is. Yeah, but if you can't basically clone like Daleks, Mm. or you can't get enough Dalek matter, then surely, you know, you got to get it from somewhere. Yeah, I'm guessing it's because Davros is uh, rogue, basically. He's a rogue Dalek uh or sort of half dalek and he's got his own daleks that are serving him and as we find out at the very end of the serial uh the supreme dalek sends a force uh, or is summoned to sort of apprehend and arrest him and i'm guessing he's sort of coming up with this idea to make new daleks because he can't repopulate his own army with the old daleks because they're basically loyal they're after him. They're loyal so, to the Supreme. He tells his daughter to kill him before he fully mutates. He then begins to exclaim Dalek rhetoric. When she hesitates, Gregor, Gregor, is Gregor, Gregory, whatever his name is, pulls his own gun, but Natasha stops him and shoots the father herself. The two are captured, thrown in the cell, and questioned by Tuskis and Lilt, who tried to inebriate Gregory to get him to talk the doctor and perry finally arrive and as they are about to enter tranquil pose they find a giant statue of the dalek in the garlic uh, garlic it's not garlic it's a garden uh, in the garland of fond memories he realizes this means that he will die here in his current incarnation perry cries out in alarm as the statue topples over and falls towards the dalek uh, towards the Doctor and collapses on top of him. It's too many Daleks. Um, part two, Perry sees Mr. Jobel, which is now where we'll talk about it, and tries to enlist his help. So Mr. Jobel, he is the chief embalmer, I think he's called, isn't he? And he, I know you're, you're begging Diane to say what he was in. Keeping up appearances. Yes, he was keeping up appearances as Richard. Um, Richard Bucket. Yes, that's it. Um, Hyacinth's 
long-suffering husband. Yeah. So, yeah, he was in that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, he... every, every time it's always that, it's kind of, you know, he'll always say it as Bucket, and she always says bouquet, yes. and and the postman says, yeah, but it says Bucket. Mm. So and we... But it's, it's funny, because it's actually spelt Bucket. Yeah, we're finding, I'm finding that. Buca- someone really needs to learn that bouquet is actually spelt with an O-U-Q-U-E-T. Mm. Yeah, not... but she's... <laughs> The whole point of keep, like her and keeping up appearances is the upper class, isn't it? You know, she thinks she's well. Look at her sister. Look at her sister and her yeah. brother-in-law. You know, they're proper like, you know, they they deem them as sort of like so, white trash with the messy yeah, well, cars and in like bangers in the front garden and yeah. things like that. And well, then, bucket you know, is sort of like a lower class name, so she tries to upper class it by saying no, it's pronounced something else. So yeah, it was a good program back in the day. Um, I've noticed, back in the day, as always. I've noticed that there's a lot more people that from the '80s that are now appearing in Doctor Who. It's now becoming one of them rites of passage now to appear, and there's a lot of people appearing, like Alexi Sale, um, like uh, let's see, what was his name? His name was Clive Swift. That's what he was called. So yeah, you're seeing a bit more more of these people anyway. He tells Perry the Doctor must be dead and does nothing to help. However, the statue is not made of stone and the Doctor isn't harmed. He believes somebody raised it to get his attention inside tranquil repose. He and Perry are greeted by the hostess Tassabika, intrigued by the DJ's recordings. Perry wants to meet him and the Doctor urges her to do so, despite having the um, amorous Jobel uh as a companion in the meantime a doctor wants to see the person who erected the statue dedicated to his passing and suspects trouble orcini begins his mission to infiltrate the facility and assassinate davros but as he enters he destroys a dalek and davros is notified he is uh convinced kara has sent assassins so he deploys daleks to bring her to him they arrive kill her secretary and take her back Fair dues, and that sounds like a massive mouthful. Right, so a whole part of this uh, serial also is to do with Jobel and... uh, What is it? What's her name? Yeah, basically... Tassabika Brown, I think her her name was. There's sort of like... uh, She's infatuated with Jobel and... He's not really interested in her. He, he sort of says he's a bit of a ladies' man and stuff like that. So she's like, you know, unlucky in love, shall we say? Um, while Perry is on her way to meet the DJ, the Daleks capture the Doctor. He is thrown in a cell with Natasha and Gregory, uh, but are soon rescued by Chini as he makes his way to find Davros. Chini eventually penetrates Davros' lair, and he and Bostock empty their guns into Davros's life support system. So the disembodied head, basically. Uh, Davros appears killed by the ensuing explosion, but Chini realizes the kill was just too easy. Sure enough, the real Davros, who has survived the virus unscathed, appears appears with a group of Daleks. Ocini and Bustock try to shoot their way out, but they are quickly subdued with one of Ocini's legs blown off in the fight. The Daleks with Kara arrive and Ocini betrays her her motives to Davros. Shot Kara states that they are both dead. Ocini responds, you before me, and kills her for her betrayal. The transmitter she'd given him to con attacked her when he'd finished his mission was actually a bomb so uh, there's a little bit of dissect there so um it looks like davros can float yeah he sort of is floating in 
sort of midair because there are some steps and I'm guessing he appears at the steps and floats down. We do actually see us in later Doctor Who that actually the doc, uh, the Daleks can actually float downstairs instead of actually get stuck on stairs because stairs was always their one nemesis. They could never go down the stairs, but actually they've now figured out how to do it. Um, so Davros is also, which I don't think we've ever seen it, his eye can now produce electricity staticness yeah. that can uh, render yeah, them right. uh, render them uh, unconscious or kill them from what i can see which i've never seen that before as well davros if i can remember can. so yeah uh, again like i say there is like that sort of lack of plot with davros at the end of the day but it is what it is anyway natasha and gregor infiltrate the incubation room again again they plan to destroy the brains subdued, uh, scheduled for metamorphosis. When Natasha tries to fire a gun, it dies for lack of power. Gregory reacts, uh, reckons there's a way to disempower the brains, incubate a console. He presses some bot- buttons but stops as Natasha sees a glass Dalek incubator materialise. Because um, Tassa, what's her name? Tassa Beaker or whatever it is, the woman who actually likes Jobel, uh, Davros influences her to go and kill him um, and to make her immortal, basically, as a Dalek. So I'm guessing that's what Mm. that is because they actually kill her. They exterminate her, and I'm guessing they're going to put her in one of them incubators afterwards. But yeah, in English, really she's just using her. Yeah. So the Doctor via communicator wants Perry to get back to the TARDIS and hails the President's ship, which is en route with the uh, body of the deceased First Lady. The DJ persuades Perry to use his equipment overhearing the transmission. Davros orders the DJ killed and Perry captured. The DJ produces a sonar weapon and blows up Daleks as they enter his room, but is eventually killed, which I thought thought was which is a bit stupid really the way he is killed um two daleks come in he destroys them he then decides to get up and walk in front of his ray gun only for another dalek to walk in and exterminate him which is just rookie mistake yeah you don't do that especially when there's loads and loads of daleks on this facility anyway uh perry is then captured the doctor overhears the events broadcast he rushes to save her but is caught in rope by two daleks both meet in davros's laboratory where he reveals he has a new army of daleks hidden in the catacombs somewhere underneath his laboratory back in the incubator room natasha and gregory plan to escape before they appear in daleks fully form they make their way to the door but natasha turns around and notices the garlic's the glass Dalek has disappeared. The two look up to see the Dalek machine flying above, high above the ground towards them. They try to open the door, but the flying Dalek exterminates them. Davros gleefully informs the Doctor of Natasha and Gregory's deaths and reveal that even uh, that even had they succeeded in destroying the laboratory, it would have achieved nothing as his main force of Daleks are safely hidden elsewhere. As he goes to activate the Daleks, Bastok retrieves his gun and blows off Davros's head. Bastok obviously is not dead. He's sort of sulking around the floor. He's sort of clawing on the, crawling on the floor. And it's like the worst um, hidden thing you can see. I'm guessing that Davros's little eye isn't very good because he mm. can't actually see Bastok literally next to him with the gun. It's just really funny. Um, so uh, Bastok is immediately exterminated by nearby Daleks and a furious Davos war- vows to have the Doctor and Perry converted into Daleks as a revenge for all the problems the Time Lord has ever caused him. Meanwhile, Doc 
Daleks loyal to the Supreme Dalek and not to Davros arrive from Skaro, called by Tuskus, who sought to end the Davros control over Necros. After realizing what has been going on, the forces uh, after realizing what's going on, the forces of, Dal of the Dalek Empire demand to be taken to Davros, and Tuskus leads the way. Shortly, some of Davros's Daleks have security force uh, and security force forces appear and the two factions battle the daleks win and progress towards davros it's a bit of dalek civil war uh you got white daleks which are davros's and you've got the old gray black ones that are well, some genesis. They're more black than gray yeah the sort of old star ones the ones i quite like i like the old sort mm. of gray black ones uh, i like them when they get the multicolored ones yeah so well they were multicolored in the film i think more than they were in uh doctor who the tv show so I think well, no, I think it's more like um, sort of later on, mm. or Christopher. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they do have some multicolored ones in newer who. David yes, Tennant. Yes. Yeah. Davros is shocked when the newly arrived Daleks enter the room. He tries to persuade them to capture the Doctor. However, they do not recognize the Doctor because of his regeneration, which is funny because Davros does. Uh, and this is the first time Colin Baker's Doctor has actually faced the Daleks and Davros. So how does he know that Colin Baker is the Doctor? He knew he knew beforehand to be able to carve his face in the stone. So that's a bit of a plot hole there. I don't really understand how he can know what the Doctor looks like, but the Daleks don't. It's just amazing. Anyway, the Doctor, uh, the Daleks inform Davros that he is not to be taken. He, that he is to take him to be taken back to Skaro to be put on trial for crimes against Daleks. While Davros's Daleks will be reprogrammed to serve the Supreme Dalek before they're being escorted away by the Daleks, Davros tells the Doctor that he will return and I shall be waiting for you, replies the Doctor. Oshini wants to explode the bomb before Davros' ship leaves. He hesitates and allows all to leave only because of the Doctor. The Doctor wants to set a timer, but Oshini... Uh, says there is no time. They all rush out and Orsini blows the bomb after hugging the body of Bastok. Unfortunately, the blast does not destroy the escaping Dalek ship, which causes Perry to think that Orsini threw his life away for nothing. The Doctor reassures her that Orsini died for something very honourable, the destruction of Davros's new generation of Daleks. With Tranquil Repose now devoid of its clients and most of the facility having been destroyed by the explosion, the, Dalek, uh, the Doctor tells the surviving staff that they can continue to live their lives by cultivating the native weed plant which can replace the food that Davros and Kara were supplying. Perry then asks for a vacation so the Doctor agrees, proclaiming, all right, I'll take you to, and then there's a freeze flame and then we don't know where they're going it's just the end of the serial and the end of the season so yeah i think no, no sort of talking back i actually did quite like it um it is interesting it has a few little things um like i said this is the first time that davros and the daleks are seen to hover above the ground so we do get to see this again um also, I noticed something which I was going to mention to you that um, obviously Colin Baker's uh, doctor has the cat brooch yeah. badge thing on his on his uh, coat. Looks like Marie from Aristocrats. That's what I was going to say. It looks like the Aristocrats. I was going to say that. Um, but yeah, so Revelation of the Daleks. I, see, I saw it and then I was like, great, but is it? And then every time I kept trying to look again, I was like, well, is it or is that? 
So Revelation uh, Daleks. Really we'll go through Mark Campbell's episode guide verdict before uh, we go through. So an incredibly violent black comedy. Harper's direction is I'm reading the right one, yeah. Harper's direction is a visceral. Uh, the actors are having a whale of a time and it's all held together by Roger Lim's spine chilling music. The only thing missing is a plot. An eight out of ten. So that's an eight out of ten for Mark Campbell. I don't think it is. He's put that up there. Six and a half. We've said this. We've said this about in the last episode about uh, the sort of difference in the verdict numbers. Like this is up there with Genesis, apparently, according to him, which is not. It's not the worst Dalek story, but it's not the best, in my opinion. I think it does have a cool few moments. Um, you know, listeners, you let us know what you thought of Revelation of the Daleks. I, like I say, I thought it was an okay one. It was, uh, it's not Colin Baker's best serial in this season, uh, but you know, it's not by far, I don't think it was his worst. So that is season 22, I think it was. Um, let's have a look. Uh, yeah, season 22 done. So if we go through them now to wrap it up. So what did you think? I'll first of all ask you. For, what did you think Colin Baker's first? Well, near enough, it's one of two. So really, this is kind of how you asked me this because to be fair, I can't even remember. <laughs> well, I'm now going to take you through them so you can remember them. So we had Attack of the Cybermans where Lytton returned, and we had the really bloody moment where the hands and the stumps and all that sort of stuff. So that was Attack of the Cybermen. That was the mm. very first one they did, which I thought was actually a reasonably good opener. I thought it was a really good Cyberman story, and it was mm-hmm. an okay sort of beginning then we had vengeance on varos where it's they they basically were watching the executions on the telly and you had to vote for them uh, and oh, actually I, and they had sill as well the rememberable sill uh the thing is with this one is that this one is really thought of by the fans it's really high it's in the top 10 and to me not this, by me I... to me this is colin baker's best serial in my eyes in this season probably overall i think this was his best best sort of story nope then we had the Mark of the Rani. Obviously, we had the Master and the Rani, and they were doing that thing where they had like um, uh, they were in the washroom and all that sort of stuff. We had that one, and then we had the two Doctors. Obviously, when Patrick Troughton returned, and we had Jamie return, and they were in Spain and uh, had the uh, the uh, the Sultarans. I thought that was a good one. I liked that one. That was a really good one. Nice to see Patrick Troughton back as well as the Doctor, just for mm. sort. Of, I think it's the last time. The Ferning Fern, I think that was probably the better one. Oh, I think it's up there as well. And then we had last time's Time Lash with the guy who had like half a face, the Borad. Mm. And that one, I would say, although I like Time Lash, I do think that that one is probably the, the weakest story in this, se- this season. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I, I, I actually like Colin Baker as the Doctor. I think he's all right. I just think, unfortunately, he never really got the longevity of, say, like uh, Peter Davison had three years or, you know, mm. you know, uh, John Pertwee had five years, I think he had. And uh, obviously Tom Baker, I think he had eight years, I think, if we remember. So he didn't really have longevity. I think he is the shortest serving doctor besides of Christopher Eccleston. Uh, in New Who, uh, Colin Baker was the shortest serving doctor. So it's a, fa- it's a shame he never really got more seasons but unfortunately as we'll go through in the next the next season um it kind of ended a bit abruptly and not very not very well let's just say that so speaking of season 23 which is mainly called the trial of the time lord 
or sorry, the trial of a Time Lord. So this one's kind of weird because they don't have no uh, names to the serials. They're parts. So they have 14 parts in total, which makes up the season. They're 20 minute parts. So the first sort of, they're grouped into parts as well so you've got like part one to four then you've got five to eight and then it's uh, nine to twelve and then 13 to 14 to end it off so that's the way we mm. will we'll watch it and we'll review it as that way so it's not going to be very long before colin baker is sort of leaving and we're on to sylvester court mccoy who's for me personally is my least favorite doctor but that is what it is so we have to do it um and it is it is what it is so now, um, I'm not sure what we're going to do. Uh, it all depends on what happens over the next week, whether or not we probably, I'll probably continue and go through to sort of the week before Christmas, then have a couple of weeks break for the Christmas and end of the year, because there's no point really having a break now at the end of the season and then having a break in a couple more weeks. There's no real point. So we might as well just keep going. So uh, I think we will. And uh, yeah, I I do like the trial trial mm. of the Time Lord. It is a quite like nice little confined little story arc. Um, so we'll have to see what happens in that. And so yeah, so thank you all for listening this time round. And all the social medias are in descriptions for any questions or answers. Like I said, is Revelation of the Daleks a good ending of the season? And what did you think of Colin Baker's run as a Doctor? And uh, yes so thank you all for continued support and we'll catch you next time with the trial of a time lord part one to four so i'll say goodbye and say goodbye becky bye 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 <laughs>